Hello, 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 and welcome back, and happy March. I must say that I am so happy February is over. It was a little intense, if you will, um, and I am ready for a little bit more of a steady pace over here without like giant heapings of uncertainty and bracing for the unknown. Sometimes those things are fine in small doses, great. But when they're all you have going on, it can be a little bit of a challenge, especially if you're someone like me, who does require a little bit more stability, let's say, to thrive. Something else that is also great, but maybe best in smaller doses, or maybe even pinches, is cayenne pepper. All right, let me tell you what I mean. We recently had my sister-in-law, my nephew, and my husband's cousin over for dinner. And I was like super excited to wow them with this taste bud happy dance of a butternut squash soup that I make. This is like an Emily Aborn special. Okay, sidebar. Something you might not know about me is I actually used to be a cook for single parents and I would go into their house and help them by preparing meals for their week ahead. So all they had to do was heat it up and eat it. So that opportunity led to another opportunity, which led me to cooking for an American family in France and living in the Alps actually for four months. Those are all like more stories for another day, but all this to say, I used to actually be like a kind of decent cook. And nowadays we don't really get to We don't really cook a ton of fancy stuff. I shouldn't say we don't get to, but we just don't cook a ton of fancy stuff because my husband and I, we just like, we have very basic requirements. We require very basic, but like nourishing meals. And I'm like kind of, I'm randomly like sensitive to a lot of spices. So for me, it's usually just like a dash of sea salt. Like, okay, not a dash, a lot of sea salt. I love salt. Um, Pepper turmeric for like anti-inflammatory properties and then like maybe some cayenne or chili peppers or something to add some heat or jalapenos. Anyway, I don't find what we eat to be boring, but I'm sure that like many people, if you saw my weekly menu, you'd be like, that is so boring. You eat the same thing almost every day. This said, I still really enjoy cooking and creating new stuff in the kitchen. I just don't really do it as often. So I was really excited at this opportunity to make this soup. I love hosting for this reason because I like make all these fun new things. So I roasted the squash. I cut the other veggies for it. I diced the ginger. I put everything in the slow cooker and just like spent the whole day making sure that it was like perfection. And then I pureed it all into like just the right, absolutely perfect consistency. So about two or three hours prior to everybody coming over, I added the spices, cayenne pepper, salt, uh, normal pepper, black pepper. And mind you that this was like already on top of the ginger that was in there. So right before they arrived, I tasted it. It was horrible. It was unpalatably spicy, like too hot, too touch. And in my mind, the soup was ruined. I mean, my husband ate it, but like No one could eat this soup, though people did try, and I felt so terrible for them. (laughs) But the flavor of the soup was like completely overrun by this five-alarm fire of spices I'd set off in people's mouths. Why am I telling you the story? This month, I am focusing on curiosity. And while I sat down to brainstorm everywhere that I want to take you, 
with that topic this month, I started thinking about how we as business owners can really benefit from our own curiosity, but also sparking it in others, also sparking it in our audience, our listeners, our readers, our community. But just like my butternut squash catastrophe, I was starting to wonder about whether or not one could actually have too much curiosity. You know the expression, curiosity killed the cat. So I started asking myself, is it, can you create too much curiosity? Can you have too much curiosity? Does curiosity have a dark side? And that is one of the many questions that I'm going to help you to answer this month as we go through this conversation. I like you to think of the month themes as like a conversation that's broken down into all sorts of different angles and parts and pieces. And today I've brought my friend Karen Kenny on because Karen is going to be sharing about how curiosity can help us as business owners and creatives and just in life in general to like learn and grow and discover opportunities and possibilities that were maybe unrealized before. So Karen and I take a bite off the topic of like, is too much curiosity too much? Can there be too much sizzle and spice? Other places that we're going to go with this curiosity conversation in over, in the month are how to foster more of it within yourself and your community, how to create more of it using your content and words, and why we might not actually want to go overboard with it in certain aspects of our business. In my opinion, I think that curiosity is the spice of life, and in this episode, I love how Karen like ties, oh my god, she didn't even know she was doing this, but she tied in last month's theme seamlessly with this month's theme and talks about also how curiosity creates more connection in our relationships. And make sure you listen all the way to the very end because there is a message like in the last couple of seconds that is just mind blowing. So anyway, stick around. This month is going to be a lot of learning and a lot of fun. And obviously, of course, if you want my spicy butternut squash recipe, I will be happy to oblige. You just need to let me know. Um, if you've been around here for some time and you're a loyal listener of the show, you've heard that one of my focuses this year is on going deeper rather than wider with the podcast, with my business in general and really like with all the things. But part of me doing that on the podcast is I'm bringing back podcast guests who I've had on before and I loved having and we just didn't quite get enough time to dive in on deeper things. Last week you heard as I brought my friend and collaborator Lindsay Taylor back on the show. We went deeper into the topic of connection. And today's guest is another friend. Karen Kenny is someone I actually met back in 2019. And I interviewed her when she built this, was just a baby, brand new little podcast. And she said yes. Um, I used to record in a podcast studio in Amherst, New Hampshire. And Karen Kenny was one of the first ones on the show back in those early days. She actually had to Skype in on the day that we were recording because her bunny was sick and she had to stay home and take care of him. And if you know Karen, you know that she has a huge animal lover and like always has a house full of furry kids. The latest edition, her puppy Bunchy, we actually talk about in this episode. But Karen and I, since that first meeting, have stayed connected through the years and collaborated in a lot of various ways, from writing workshops to events to me sharing uh, a stage with Karen, Kenny, at our She Built This Lakes Region event up in Laconia, New Hampshire this past fall. Um, Karen's also had me on her podcast and we are just 
friends. And as a friend, I absolutely love the spirit of curiosity that Karen brings to our friendship as she's also somebody that just like is constantly cheering me on and supporting me as I get curious and explore things that light me up too. Karen Kenny is a really unique and inspiring speaker. And in my opinion, I love her brain because she just always brings a perspective that is counter to what so many people are saying and to all the shoulds. Like, is anybody else? Just raise your hand if you are so ready for that. Um, Karen Kenny identifies as a super curious person. I identify as a moderately curious person. And in this episode, we're going to talk all about how curiosity can pave the way, lead the way, and inspire your next step. One more quick little backstory. We originally recorded an episode in January, which was going to be all about connection. And that was for last month's theme. But like a real podcasting pro, I somehow either forgot to record or I deleted the recording because we'd had we'd sp- switched platforms from what I was used to. I don't know. I just spaced it because it wasn't like my norm, my usual system. And I promise that this does not happen. This was like beyond the realm of Captain Organized Emily possibility until now. So after informing Karen and like effusively apologizing that I'd lost her interview, which was amazing. Sorry you missed it. Anyway, so after apologizing, I reached out to her and I said, you know what? You would be a really good fit for my March theme, which is about curiosity. Are you game to re-record this episode with me? And she somehow said yes to carving out like even more time for me um, and exploring this topic and direction. And like I said, Karen is the epitome of a curious person. So I think this is just right up her alley and it works out perfect. I couldn't have even, I couldn't have planned it better myself had I actually planned it. As my man Bob Ross says, there are no mistakes, just happy accidents. And all of this to say, this is a very, very happy accident. And if you're listening right now, I think that it was 100% meant for you to be listening. So buckle up. I definitely don't want to further ado anymore. Let me properly introduce you to Karen Kenny. Then we'll bring her on. Karen Kenny is known for her signature storytelling, sense of humor, and her no BS approach to spirituality. She's a sought-after speaker, podcast guest, spiritual teacher, and workshop presenter. She's been an entrepreneur for 20-plus years and brings a down-to-earth and practical approach to spiritual concepts. It's like a combo of strategy and soul that can be powerfully applied in both personal and professional lives. She's a certified spiritual mentor, multiple times certified hypnotist, certified life coach, writer, speaker, and the host of the Karen Kenny Show podcast, as well as the founder of the community, The Nest, which she talks about in this episode. Karen supports her clients, communities, and audiences to deepen their connection to themselves and the divine in tangible, relatable, and accessible ways. And she leads by example and shows that you can do deep transformational and healing work while still laughing and having fun. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you.
I think this episode is gonna be a fiery. For- <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for. I will warm myself by the fire of it. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, Karen Kenny. That's the second reason this episode is gonna be fiery because you're like the epitome of fiery. You're a sweetheart. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm wicked excited to be here. And we've tried this before. And uh, so this is our this is our second attempt. And I, and I think that the uh, that the things are on our side. And here we are. And I can't wait to j- dive in. We're talking about one of my favorite topics. I'm so excited. I can't I am so wicked excited. I can't even stand myself. <laughs> I gotta say I lost. OK, so I'm going to full disclosure to the people listening. It was me. I was the problem. I lost the file. It was me. Um, That all said, I think that this is an even better topic for you than what we previously discussed. So let's start. We're going to be talking about curiosity today and how it can help us to be successful as individuals, as business owners, how we can create it a little bit in like the things that we're, we're putting out into the world. But let's, let's, before we get into it all, um, give us a little history lesson, a little backstory. We love stories. So tell us how you followed your curiosity and how it brought you to where you are today. You, oh, Jesus Christ, that's like a huge Just, question. Like, how, so I guess if we're going to do that, let, let's go back to. So some of you may or may not know my story, but this is an important piece. So my mother, my mother died when I was 12 years old. My mother was killed. She was murdered. And so my mother was the champion of my nature. And this is the reason why I'm giving you all this backstory. She was the champion of my nature. I was a sensitive kid. I was an inquisitive kid. I was a wicked curious kid. So when the time came for me to start writing my book, my memoir, I started to do um, interviews with people who knew my mother as an adult because I was just a kid. I was 12. So I have a very you know particular viewpoint of how I see her. I could never know her as a girlfriend, as a wife, as a whatever. And so I'll never forget um, tracking down her, the woman who was her best friend at the time that she was killed. Uh, her name is Pam Bonanno. And I hadn't seen Pam in over like 30 years. And her, we met at like an Applebee's in like Kingston or something. I don't know. It was like out by Lee, the Lee, New Hampshire, whatever, or somewhere around there. So we meet and I remember sitting down. And just having this incredible conversation with her. And I'll never forget her saying this to me. She said, when you were a little kid, your mantra was, why mom? Why mom? Why mom? She goes, you asked your mother endless questions. She's like, you were so curious. And she said, God bless your mother. Because I would have just like locked you in a closet. She's like, but your mother took the time to always answer you. Like she loved that about you, that you were curious and inquisitive. So I think in a lot of ways, like when I was on the conveyor belt, when they were putting me together, I don't know if I got an extra sprinkle. I don't know if I got a little, a little, a little extra zhuzh of curiosity, but I think it was, I think it was for a couple of reasons. First of all, I've always, I'm just fascinated I'm fascinated by the world. I'm fascinated. Like books like How Do Things Work? I'm like, oh my God, yes. I love uh, understanding why people do what they do, think what they think, say what they say, believe what they believe. Um, But I think there's also another angle that doesn't get talked a lot about curiosity, which is a lot of the times those of us who want to understand things, 
it gives us a little bit more, perhaps, this is just a theory I have, a sense of safety. Mm-hmm. I think we like to try to understand things around us. So maybe perhaps things seem a little bit more predictable or we we, we grasp who we're dealing with. Um, but I would say maybe a little bit that, but mostly for me, it's about this state of wonder and awe. And so the suffering that I had as a child was extreme. There's a lot of childhood trauma and my own curiosity to end my own suffering is what led me into, I say, gradually, but inevitably the path that I'm on now as a certified spiritual mentor an integrative hip certified integrative hypnotist, a, a life coach. I've been a yoga teacher for 25 years, a gateless writing instructor, Thai yoga massage, Reiki, all the, all the, all the creative and expressive and healing tools. I went first to gather, to get myself out of the fire. And I kind of talk about it. Like I got out of the burning building and like, I found the medical tent and I sat down and I got one of those blankets and I, and I got some little sippy, sippy, something to drink. I got some snacks. I healed. And now I'm running back with buckets of water to help other people. And I'm fascinated by the ways that we both harm ourselves. And I don't mean like harm in terms of like physical harm, but the ways that we all can harm ourselves and help ourselves. So really long answer to a short question. And I mean, according to the phrase, the curiosity killed the cat, it can do that, right? But it's so here's a question. I think that I consider myself a curious person also, but I didn't have that necessarily. I don't I don't know what I was like as a kid in that regard, but I know that as an adult, I've gotten progressively more curious about things, different things. So my question for you, I guess, is like, is that a, is it a skill? Is it something we can kind of like cultivate and and increase in our lives? And should we should we I'm- unlock Pandora's box? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, the fighter Joe Lewis once said this great quote where he says, um, you know, I can teach you all the, you know, the tricks and and the moves and, you know, basically the techniques of being a boxer. He's like, I can teach you those things. He's like, but I can't make you a fighter. Nobody can do that. It comes from the inside. So I don't think we can make anybody be more curious, but what we can do maybe is show them some good arguments as to why curiosity is a benefit both to their life, their relationships, and their business. (laughs) And I think that um, a desire to know, let me put it this way. Let's just say you're somebody who, so I work both with like everyday people and entrepreneurs. So business owners and just whoever just might be going through the human experience and bumping up against some stuff that they want to change or transform. So if you are the kind of person though, if you're just suffering and you're just in it, or you can't understand why visibility on social media like freaks you out, or you don't know why you can't find clients, or you don't know why your marriage isn't working and you don't know why like X, Y, and Z from your childhood, why you can't stop being afraid of this or stop doing that habit that doesn't serve you. If you don't have any kind of curiosity to understand and know yourself, then you're just going to be kind of stuck in the pattern in the loop of victimization of being like, well, I guess how many times, double A men hands listeners, if you've heard somebody somewhere say either that's just the way he is or that's just the way I am. And if you're not curious as to figure out maybe how you got to be this way, why you're this way, why you have that story, why you keep that belief intact, why you have that identity, why you develop the way that you are and how you're keeping those those, um, 
habits and stories and identities and beliefs in place that keep you from truly becoming your fullest, most congruent, aligned, uh, brilliant self, then you're in a shit world of trouble because you're just going to stay stuck chasing your own tail. So curiosity for me is the desire to know. It's this inquisitiveness and it's like, it's an interest that catches you that leads to action. It leads to inquiry. And self-knowledge is the greatest thing that you can have. But if you don't care to understand yourself, the people around you or the world around you, how is there any growth? How is there any, how does anything get made? How does anything get created if there's no curiosity? Oh, this is making me wonder if like a problem has to be the precursor. Well, no, I mean, I, there are things that I'm just curious about. Like, I'll just be driving down the street and I'll see something and I'll be like, huh, I wonder what kind of whatever, or yeah, I'll, yeah, see, yeah. Okay, I'll okay. see something. So problems don't need to be a precursor. I just don't know if problems can truly be solved without curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. And cur like, you know, when you were first talking about it, I was like, well, it's kind of like self-awareness, but I actually think it's the step before self-awareness because it's even recognizing that maybe you, you were living on autopilot before asking yourself, is there a better way? But you have to, hmm, maybe, maybe self-awareness is first. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm well, torn. I mean, you know, there are people who just aren't that curious about anything except themselves, right? Like they're a little just like that, but they're not they're not curious to understand other points of view. This is why we have such a hard time in the world is that people actually aren't interested in talking to people who are different than them. And if you can't hold that tension of being able to see that there might be multiple points of view, and if you're not curious about how other people think or how other countries do things or what other people uh, who live a little differently than you, love a little differently than you or wh whatever, if you're not curious about it, if you're just going to take the stance that this is the, like my way is the only way and this is the way, how do we ever have your last month's, I think was connection, right? Your theme. How do we ever have connection if there's no curiosity? Yeah, there's a huge disconnect if you're not, if you're not willing to meet the other person where they're at and and be curious about how they got there. And then in some cases, help them ask themselves the questions to get them to the next place. So, yeah. And there's been all kinds of studies on <laughs> curiosity. And one of them, um, you know, the guy said that there's four times, four types of curious people. And there's like um, the fascinated, which I would say I'm one of them. And we, we just are high on all dimensions of curiosity, the fascinated, and then there's the problem solvers, and then there's the empathizers, and then there's the avoiders. And the avoiders are the ones who just aren't interested in, in knowing anything about anything. You know what I mean? They, they just don't really want to know. They don't have social curiosity. <laughs> uh, so for me, it's like, you know, I, I think I'm high probably in all of those areas. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait to look that up. Who who wrote that? I, I don't know his name, but I, I could send it to you. Okay. And then he did a study. It's called like the five dimensions of curiosity. And it's like joyous exploration. I'm definitely high in joyous exploration. Um, and then there's like different other things you can explore. But, um, you know, curiosity is, is uh, you know, it, it, here's what I also love about it. Is that back in the day when people were weirdos, considered weirdos, they'd be like, He's a curious, he's a curious fella, isn't he? 
And I'm just like, yeah, it's, hello. It's all, a great adjective. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag weirdo alert. Just sign me up. I'm right there. You know what I mean? It's so, a great adjective. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay. I want to get into how you like, like really on your business journey, because like yeah. you call yourself a lifelong learner. And I think, I mean, that in and of itself says everything, but you always use curiosity to grow your business. And so I want to hear like from that angle, maybe how it's brought you in your business. Like you, you didn't exactly connect the dots for us yet. So connecting the dots of how it brought you into where you are in your business today, but also how it keeps you growing and like succeeding in your business and adding new things and exploring new. Um, yeah, because I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, curiosity, I mean, a lot of people are what I call, um, some people describe themselves as serial entrepreneurs. I'm more of an accidental entrepreneur. I just have always followed my curiosity and that's led me into business situations. It's not like I came out of the womb, like, yeah, run a business. No, it's, I just want to get paid to be myself. That's it. So I'm really curious in getting to know myself and what lights me up. And then when something lights me up, I follow that. And sometimes when I follow that, it makes me money. You see what I'm saying? Totally. So, I mean, my whole thing with, with like my first, I keep going back and I'm like, oh, even because I always say, oh, my first entrepreneurial thing was my yoga studio. And I'm like, no, that's not true. When I first moved back from California, I mean, even in California, when I was like became certified as a personal trainer. I was starting to like help people there, you know? But when I first moved back from California, I started a company called Divine Order. And I was a, a professional organizer and I had business cards and I would go to people's houses and I would help them organize their shit. And I'm like, I just got curious about how can I turn my OCD tendencies into a business? And that's what I did. I still have all my business cards, you know? And I think what made me a really great concierge after college was I was so curious about people and I wanted to understand where are you traveling from? What brought you to Boston? Where do you want to go out to eat? What's going on? What do you like? Like, my curious nature has always just been something that is never, I, I did one podcast episode that said my own curiosity takes me out of the knees sometimes, which means like in everybody experience, I shouldn't say everybody, most people experience that when they find themselves going down a rabbit hole, following something on, on, on social media or on the internet, something catches your eye. And then all of a sudden it's like, I saw a meme the other day. It was fantastic. It said me, you know how it says me and then the colon. Me, I'm going to go to bed early tonight. And then it says, also me at 3 a.m. How tall was Jesus? And I just thought that was wicked funny. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I understand. So sometimes if we don't rein in that insatiable desire to know things, it can get in our way. But my following of my curiosity, which is another way for me of trusting my inner teacher, that when something lights me up and something catches my eye, um, something makes my heart beat a little faster or I feel my energy rise and I feel like, ooh, I just trust that and I follow it. And that led me to becoming a yoga teacher, to opening a studio. And from there, it led me into becoming a spiritual mentor because I was already doing spiritual mentoring after class, but just for free. And then one of my teachers says, you can't keep doing that. that that's not congruent. You're giving, 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 giving. You're going to get burnt out. And so then I became certified. So there's never been a straight path. Like I, when you're saying like, I haven't connected the dots, there's really, <laughs> I mean, I guess if I took the thousand point view, I can go that led to that to led to spiritual pilgrimages led to that. 
but it's really just been following my curiosity, trusting my inner teacher, trusting my gut instinct, my intuition, whatever you want to call it, trusting spirit, um, and then seeing where the pieces lie. Now, in my business, the way that it keeps expanding, how I now have all these certifications after my name is that that as well, that when I get curious about something and I want to learn more about how to be more effective and get really tangible results for my clients through change work, I'm like, what in my toolkit do I want to add to give me a skill set that will make this change even more profound, even more effective and efficient, that will save them time and suffering? And so I go first and I try the shit on me. <laughs> I go out and I try hypnosis and I try this thing and I try EMDR and I try all these things. And then I'm like, ooh, I want to bring that one back. Ooh, I want to bring that one back. Does that make sense? Okay. So this is actually really important for some of the people listening because you're differentiating here. And I want to make this really clear. You're differentiating between learning something impactful to help get better results for your clients versus just taking another course, just taking another thing to procrastinate on giving your clients results or to make sure that you feel better about what you're doing, like in your own inner yes. confidence. So I want to make that distinction that yes. like curiosity is not just signing up for every course on the internet because you don't want to do the work or because you're too scared to do the work. Or because you have a belief that what you already know isn't good enough. And so a mm -hmm. lot of people gather little like letters after their name and they try to do all the courses and do all the things or whatever, because there's a lack of call it self-trust, self-esteem, thinking you're enough, like whatever. Um, so doing, doing, I would say what I would call the spiritual work or the personal development work, that work first, um, so that you're not chasing some elusive thing where you're going to say, well, now I feel confident enough to offer my thing. Now I feel confident enough to write content or be visible. It's not that for me. For me, it's what is lighting me up? Where is this strong, like strong desire to know something or learn something? And a lot of times it's to heal myself first. It's to, 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 to smooth out an edge that I have around something. And then I discover, oh, this is actually incredibly powerful. Or I, I want to be able to um, share this and get transformations or help not get transformations for people. I don't, I don't get anything for them, but share tools and practices and stuff with them so that they can help themselves. So yeah, it's not, I'm just chasing another course, another thing, another whatever, because I will tell you, there have been times where my curiosity led me to a particular person, led me to a particular program. And then like a month in or whatever, I was like, oh, this is not the right fit. This isn't exactly the thing. And so then, you know, you moonwalk out of that situation or whatever, or you don't finish the course or whatever the thing is. Um, so, but I don't consider those failures. When I follow my curiosity, uh, the, the question for me then is I think, Again, the question is, right, I'm curious about why did I follow that? Where was the disconnect once I had more information? But I think of everything as an opportunity to learn. So I don't necessarily, I'm like that. Sometimes it's an expensive mistake. <laughs> but yes, to your point, there is a clear distinction between I'm going to buy a bunch of shit so I can just keep staying in learning mode so I don't have to take action and I don't have to execute and I don't have to do anything. I like to gather and use, gather and experiment, 
gather and try because that's what a business is. It's a huge experiment. And you got to try shit, let it fail, make mistakes, get up, try it differently, try a pose. And a lot of times people get discouraged too soon. They're not curious enough about like, if I tweak it, I see you going to stop, I'm going to stop talking. But I think people get discouraged too soon and um, they don't, they don't get curious about, well, why didn't that work? Or why did that work? You know what I mean? That brings me to something I've been trying to remind people of a lot lately, which is like, don't put so much um, pressure on one piece of content, one piece of anything, because you don't like that's part of the learning process for you as the business owner, as the content creator, like you have to figure out what works and doesn't work too. And that takes some, like, I hate to say, but probably if you're not failing, if you're not going down some of those, like, okay, I need to backtrack on this. You're probably not trying enough, you know? (laughs) Well, and part of it is being energy, uh, energetically uh, in congruence, like in mm-hmm. congruence and being energetically in alignment. You know, people have, <sighs> we think kinesthetically, like I say, I have a super sniffer, right? So I have a pretty good sniffer. I can literally like smell things that my sweetie can't, but he can hear things that I can't. But I think energetically, we also have a way of sensing or sniffing out when the words on the page are saying one thing and the picture is saying one thing, but the energetic hit that we're getting is these words are saying this, but man, does this feel like it's, it's scarcity, right? Or the words are saying this, like it's supposed to be fun, but there's a contraction in my body when I see this. So a lot of times, again, this is why being curious about yourself and knowing yourself in the ways I always say, you gotta, you gotta be willing to know and own both your brilliance and your bullshit. Right? So how am I actually showing up in the world, in my relationships, in my business online, if you use online marketing or social media to, to promote your business. And if there's an incongruency there, it's like people can feel it. And that's why mm-hmm. sometimes people will say, I was so excited about this and I put it out and not one like or no comment or nobody bought or nobody did whatever. And that's when I would say, ooh, let's get curious about this. What state of mind were you in when you posted this? Energetically, where were you at when you posted this? Were you thinking, shit, I got to get my mortgages due or shit, I got to get clients or oh, oh, oh. Like there's a difference between, you know, and so right now, you know, I'm playing with, so one of my um, one of my marketing mentors, uh, Simone Soul. You know, she has this thing. It's brilliant. If you haven't done the garbage post challenge, I think it's great for everybody to do it. All entrepreneurs, if you can hear the sound of my voice, go do it. And basically it's like, um, you know, 30 days, 100 pieces of content. And so remember the other day you voxed me and you're like, hey, I'm noticing a change. And I said, well, nothing's changing. You're just seeing more of me (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I'm playing the game because I got curious. And I was like, hey, what would a garbage post challenge look like if I did it? Like, what do I want to post? So I just post what I'm excited about. And whether that's my puppy Bunchy, my furry kids, a vegan thing, a new thing that I bought, um, a retreat that I'm doing, a program I'm offering about the quest, the nest, my membership, whatever. I'm like, I'm just sharing what I love. And I'm just watching with curiosity. I just sit back. Like I even have a thing tracking like, oh, how many, I made this myself. How many things have I done? Um, And I'm just doing it. But if it doesn't feel good, I don't do it. Some days I post four times, one day I post once. Again, I'm being me. I'm I'm trying something new because I'm curious about what will this experience be like? And you noticed it. Maybe not everybody else is paying attention, but you noticed it. So that's kind of fun. I go, okay, somebody noticed, right? 
When I tried, I also tried um, posting three times a day on Instagram for like, I think it was like two weeks that I tried it. It was a really good, I did it for the same reason. I was curious. I wanted to experiment. Some of the posts sucked. I just didn't put a lot of pressure on it. I just knew I was going to be prolific during that's those. What, that's what the garbage post challenge is. It yeah. doesn't matter. Does it have words? It doesn't have words and you posted it. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's good to go. And I'll tell you, like, I, I, what I learned from it was that a, it works. Like it did increase my engagement. It did help my Instagram account grow. Um, B I didn't love posting three times a day. So I learned like, that's a little much for my frequency for, for what I could reasonably sustain. And you have your hand raised. So go ahead. I have a, cause I have a question for you about, about um, this is like the joyous exploration part of me. I would say if you didn't, if how do I say this? Do you have, let me ask a question. Let me be curious and ask a question. Do you have a particular standard that you keep though around a grid or things looking a particular way? See, that's right. See, I don't. <laughs> so you're thinking, fuck, I don't wanna mess up my flow, my images, my grid what people are used to hearing from you. My whole brand is built on show up as you are, like whatever. So I don't have that. Um, I'm going to use this word. I'm not saying it feels this way for you, but that constraint or those, right, those rules or whatever. I'm just like, whatever I feel like posting, what, what, what I just want to share the magic. And what's magical to me is what I'm curious about, what I'm wondering about, what I'm excited about, what, what I've created, right? So so from I can imagine the tension that that created for you feeling like not only do I got to create like three posts a day, they've got to not fuck up my back end and my system and my flow of how things go. So maybe that's why some of the joy or fun was not as present. I'm I'm get I'm asking. I'm not saying I'm not. OK, making- you have me interested in another topic, which is as <laughs> as business owners, how much of ourselves are we infusing into our businesses and like how much of that curious side are we letting show and and I'm not this is just kind of like I know your answer but like where do we determine that for ourselves are you is that a question for me yeah yeah I think I mean look everybody how do I say this It'd be interesting, right? It would be interesting to sit down um, in a room like 20 people who maybe follow me. Um, And by mean that, like follow my content or we're friends online or whatever. But then ask them questions about really knowing me, right? So I think that what we're showing people doesn't always have to be deeply private. I don't think everything is for public consumption. I don't think everybody needs to know everything about everything, right? Every they don't need to know about everybody's everything. So I think we get to decide what our level of um, privacy or comfort or willingness to share is. I'm a pretty open book. I talk about a lot of things. Some things I don't share online and mostly it's because I'm like, it's going to be in my book. Now, there are people who are like, but tell those stories now, get them excited. And I'm like, nah, some shit. I just want people to read about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not putting it out there for all the knuckleheads who have something to say, because not everybody online has your best interest at heart, you know? And so I think we all get to decide. I infuse, if you've ever met me, 
if you're if you're listening and you've never met me, I'm the same in person <laughs> as I am online, right? As I am right now. This is even when I pray, I'm like, this is how I talk to God. I I I talk. I, nothing shifts, except obviously, like if I if you introduce me to your grandmother, I'm gonna try not to drop f bombs. You know, I'm gonna try to be mindful. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> like I can I try to zip it up and and be uh, be presentable, <laughs> but I'm pretty much me across the board. So I don't really withhold things. And in fact, when you said to me the other day, I noticed that your content shifting a little bit. And I said, well, what do you think is shifting? And you said, you're being more personal. And I said, I think that's what you said. And I said, oh no, I'm always personal. I said, if here's the difference. I said, if people were paying attention and they were actually curious enough to pay attention, I am always showing you what I love, who I love, what I'm curious about, what I'm creating but you gotta be paying attention. And part of paying attention on social media, it means you have to be engaging with that content or you won't know. Ooh, Do you know two, what I mean? Yeah, no, two things in here. So first of all, your point of engaging is like, I mean, that's a big one is don't just go and post. You have to, all, I shouldn't say you have to, but it also is valuable to be curious about what other people are doing. Like that is a great way to build connection. Secondly, I wanted to say something that I think you and I had talked about separately and you just spoke to it. And it's like, you don't have to like being personal on social media does not mean you have to share everything that is going on in your life, every idea that comes into your mind. And I'll say this, you know, I do think that there's a lot of value in sharing lessons as we go through vulnerable things, but I also try to be cognizant. And I, I think that you do this too, where we're not sharing when we're like in the muck, you know, like I'm not sharing yes. when I'm like down on the ground, sobbing my eyes out because I don't think that that's wait, actually wait, you don't, you don't want to pause and grab your phone and take a picture of yourself crying and, and then draw an arrow to the tear and let us all know hashtag vulnerable post. I'll say this when I'm really, that. when I'm really crying, my phone is not right. by my side, exactly. you know, but Clyde is by my side. Yeah, um, he is. <laughs> Clyde. um, but that's, that's kind of my, like, I really actually love sharing some of the, you know, deeper, darker things that I do go through and I'm careful. I don't, there are things that I don't touch, but at the same time, I, I don't do it when I'm down. You know, I don't do it when I'm like literally being kicked. I'm like, I'm going to wait until this is actually a lesson and then it's helpful and then I'll share. So I just think, and that could look different for people because people may like to share when they're going through the thing. And that might feel like a good way to build the community and the support mm -hmm. around them. So I don't think that there's a right answer. I do think that opening up to a little bit more of like who you are is a great way to build that, like, like curiosity is like a two way street, right? So it, it's like, you're getting curious and you're sharing it and you're also building it with the people that are quote unquote following you or in your, in your, uh, audience in your community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I always say, um, like if I have a gateless writing workshop, right. And I'll say to somebody, there are just times when you can tell in the writing that it's too soon. It's too soon mm. for that story to be public consumption. It's not too soon to write it in a journal or for yourself or to share it in a container like Gateless. That's not when it's too soon, but it might not be ready for publication. Do you know what I mean? Because I'll say, um, one of my teachers once said to me, if something is really hot to you, you have to wait until you can write it cool. 
Mm-hmm. Meaning you have to not still be in the fire of the thing. Like I said, remember I ran out of the tent and I waited until I got a little time, distance, perspective, whatever, so that I could actually report something and share something from a place where it's just not like blood and guts everywhere. <laughs> and not, I'm not shaming anybody, uh, people who like to share what they might call in the messy middle. Um, we're all different that way. And isn't that cool that we're all different that way? Like, I think it's fascinating that we we all have different ways that we like to share. But what's unfortunate is that sometimes, I'm not saying across the board, sometimes if you share when you're in the messy middle or you're still in the wound and it's not a sky yet, the thing that you're desiring by posting that is connection. You want to relate to other people And a lot of times that will repel. And so it creates the exact opposite effect that you want. And, but, you know, social media is a a beast within itself. It's its own kind of animal because you're not just talking to people who love you and care about you. You've got this whole world out there of people who make assumptions, who who are total dicks, who don't don't know you at all. They, They just say things that they shouldn't say, whatever. So it's not necessarily a safe place a safe place to share those really vulnerable things. And then the last thing I want to say is this, is that I've been um, quote unquote friends, you know, quote unquote friends with people online and um, like for a year. And then I'll all of a sudden see a picture with somebody and I'll be like, I had no idea that you had a, a, a sweetie or a partner or you were married or whatever, because they just never post that stuff. So I think it's fascinating the different ways that people use it. Um, I post a lot about my life, but I'm also not somebody who, like, for example, nobody knew that I was doing all of, like, that I'm an integrative hypnotist, that I've done all these trainings in hypnosis and brain science and, like, all this stuff, um, because I'm the kind of person who, although I love seeing things in process, I love before and after pictures and all that stuff. I'm not one who usually shares like while I'm in the middle of it. I wait until I'm done, like with my new space in Concord, right? I was like, I waited until it was all painted. And I I didn't do like, guys, I'm going to be announcing something in three days. Oh, and then I didn't do, look out the rug that I picked and look at the, do you like this wall paint? And like, I didn't do a frigging poll to like pick the color of gray, like, Some people love to take people on their journey with them. I kind of like to go do the thing and then share and report back. That's just my personality. Yeah, I think um, another thing you and I have talked about on the sharing when you're in the middle of something is, and you said like, you know, a lot of people online aren't out for your best interest. But I also think that we, and you've said this to me many times, and I think it's really valuable. Like we can control what we say but we can't control how it's received. And so I think that's important to remember too. And and I try to, that's why I think that setting the intention and having the excitement and the energy right before you share anything is really important because it, I, I think that even, I think that it comes through, you know, and I think that it like seeps in there just a little tiny bit. So yeah, yeah. But not, and and again, that's still, sometimes that's received how you want it to be. And sometimes it's not. So that's not, that's not in your control, but what you can control is like, what am I being when I post this thing? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? 
What are my expectations? Why, why am I posting this thing? Am I doing it as an offering? Do I see my marketing also as a way to help people? Right. So when I post stuff online, sometimes it's just like, here's my cute puppy. Right. And I know, I mean, somebody wrote to me today and said, thank you so much for sharing these pictures. They, they, they uplift my day. I've been going through a tough time. Right. So over the years, because I've had so many furry kids, I've consistently heard from people. I love when you share these pictures like that. But part of it, too, is I think that they can feel my love for them in those pictures that I'm sharing, like something that I really care about. You know, when I share about my sweetie, he's, you know, for those of you who don't know me, my, my, my husband, I always call him my sweetie. I never call him my husband. He has a name. It's Chris. Nobody ever usually knows his name either because I always say my sweetie, but he's a professional musician. So I'll talk about him and I'll share about his gigs or whatever. You'd have to be, you know, blind and deaf and not able to access, you know, uh, like to not see my love for him when like I post about him, whatever. So wait, where was I going with that? Uh, wait, what did you say right before that? That made I, me think- I was talking about how the message we send uh, isn't yes, always. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So if I'm sharing something that I'm wicked excited about, right? Like I just did a post about my, about my retreat that's coming up in April, Own Your Magic. And I said, you guys, I'm telling you, this is going to be an incredible like event, da, 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 whatever I said, because I was really excited about it. If somebody else wants to be like, who does she think she is posting about this thing three times a day? Oh, oh, is it? It's going to be incredible. It's going to be transformative. How do you know it hasn't? If somebody wants to sit there, curmudgeon-y, grumpy, envious, jealous, weird, throwing shade, throwing hate, whatever, fucking have at it, man. Like, I don't care. I don't have the time and the energy to worry about what the people who don't like me, don't support me, don't encourage me, don't, you know, aren't my balcony people. I'm not here for them. I'm here for the people who actually support me, who like me, who are curious, who want to make change, who are like, that's interesting. I'm not here to twist and contort and Cirque du Soleil myself to try and make sure the copy is just right to make sure everybody, look at you read my posts, you get an energetic hit, you know, or know, or you, you realize you either are like, that's yes or no. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm fine with either one of those. I'm fine with either one of those, but I'm, I, I'm at an age now. I'm too old and I don't think I'm old, but I, I'm young. I'm 54, but I'm too old to sit around worrying about, did this, did they understand what I really meant? And they misconstrued. Oh my God. I just do not have the time, the energy or the bandwidth. Like those days are done, you know? So I just think like, but it is important that I know who I am being, my intention, and what I'm hoping to do. And almost always, we've talked about this, right? I I want to, if I can bring a smile to somebody's face, great. If I can share something helpful for them about veganism or anything that I'm posting about, a new air fryer that I get, or this event that I'm offering, great. May it educate, enlighten, elevate, entertain. May it give them a feeling of connection and curiosity made inspire compassion, like whatever it does. I know my intention when I'm doing it. Um, I can't worry about how the seven point to, to point to your newsletter, the 7.8 billion other people on the planet take it. 7.8, 8, 8, 
billion. <laughs> Can right. you imagine? Oh my God. There's so many. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So one more question related to curiosity. And then I'd love for you to share how we can find and connect with you. But what I would love to know is when it comes to relationships, so like your one-to-one connection with somebody else, do you think that curiosity is like a foundational piece of that? And how can we help the other person? Mm, Like, how can we help the other person stay curious about us too. Like I'm talking like with you, let's say with you and your sweetie, like you're still curious about him, I would assume. Mm -hmm. And how do you help him stay still curious about you so that like that two way street can keep on going and you can keep building and growing your relationship? One of the things I want to say about curiosity, because we haven't touched upon this at all, is that I think this is just random. And then I'm going to answer your question, but it makes me laugh when I think about it. Um, you know, a lot of times people mistake curiosity for nosiness and they'll say, you're not curious. Like you're just nosy. I am nosy. <laughs> right. I've, I always say you can call it nosy or you can call it curious. Um, but I'm nosy, I think is often attributed to a, a desire to know things for nefarious causes, whether that's to gossip or to tear somebody down or whatever. I'm, I think curiosity, look at how can you keep a relationship alive if you lose your curiosity for the person you're sleeping next to every, every, or whatever, maybe you have separate bedrooms or whatever your arrangement is. But if you're going to be in consistent relationship with somebody, whether it's sexual and intimate or it's a, a friendship, um, if you just stop being curious about them and then you just dump, dump into the assumption that you know them, we don't ever really know each other. I really believe that we, we can say, I know their values because um, I've seen them in action. They don't lie, ste- you know, cheal, you know st- lie, steal or cheat or whatever. But how many times do you say people say like with, with serial killers or gunmen or whatever? They're like, oh, my God, I'm just shocked. I thought I knew them. Hmm. And I'm like, we all have reserves within ourselves that maybe we don't share or show everybody. That's a little bit more on the dark side. But on the lighter side, it's like. I'm constantly fascinated because for a lot of different reasons, you know, my sweetie is an only child. Uh, I am not. I have a plethora. I have a a huge amount of like a biological sister and then two half brothers and then 15 stepbrothers and stuff. You know, there's a there's a lot of family. He's not. Um, He's a musician. He he can grasp things that my brain like his brain works so differently than me. So I'm always fascinated by now. Sometimes I can predict. Sometimes I can predict, oh, he's probably going to say this. But here's the spiritual principle to all of that. If you are making assumptions about who you think the other person sitting across from you is, then you're not actually living and you're not actually in the present moment. You're dragging your past into the present or you're predicting the future and you're not actually having life and you're actually not having relationship. What you're having is a relationship with your your perceived conceptions of them and your judgments of them and your disappointments or your expectations. But the person right in front of you is constantly changing. And that's why you've heard me say a thousand times, I reserve the right to change my mind because I might be bigger, smarter, better, stronger, uh, you know, two weeks from now than I was, you know, whatever. And so I'm fascinated to ask him, you know, if I'm trying to make a decision Um, you know, my circle of who I 
um, tap into when I have a big decision to make um, is really small. It's me and God first and foremost, me and myself, me and my spiritual team, me and the divine. Um, and then I will talk to my sweetie and then like, you know, what my, my, my best friend and one of my best friends. And that's a, that's a weird, but a, you know, a friend of mine who I trust, let me put it that way. And so, um, I don't need a lot of outside counsel, but my point being is I ask him things because sometimes he surprises me and I'll be like, I can't believe that's what you're saying right now. And I find that utterly fascinating, but why might that be? Because he's also growing He's also a lifelong learner and he's doing his own work to stay curious. I'm way more curious than him about particular things. And I'll say, but don't you want to know? And he'll go, no, he's not driven the same way that I am. But um, I find him, I find him interesting and I tend to keep people around me who I'm interested. What do I always say? The only time I have somebody on my show is if it's, I'm somebody I'm curious about want to know more about, want to share with the world. Um, I don't think we can keep people curious about us. I don't think that's our work to do. Like, it's not my job to like keep you entertained or to keep <laughs> you wanting to ask me questions because I think we all in relationships outgrow each other sometimes. You know, mm. not every single time, but think about how many friends that you're no longer friends with. Think about yeah. boyfriends you've had that you're no longer with. You know, you have your sweetie now. So, um, I just think curiosity is key. It, it, it shapes my relationships. It shapes my own healing. It shapes how I help my clients. It shapes my business. It shapes my marketing. It shapes my, my creativity. Um, there is, I, I don't know if there's life without curiosity for me. Okay. Real quick. Then I want you to share. Yeah. <laughs> We played this game over this past weekend with my sister-in-law and my brother called my, my brother priorities, priorities. <laughs> my husband <laughs> called priorities. And yes. what you have to do, there's five cards and they have different words on them. For example, uh, chat, group chat, text, group, te group text, emojis, um, skinny jeans, waiting in line at the grocery store things like that. Right. And you, oh, have to, yeah, yeah. you have to put them in order from what you love the most to what you hate the most. And I loved it because you have to know the other person you really, I mean, you have to. So let me, I have a clarifying question. Did you have to pick for the person you were playing with? So like thinking like how much you knew them, it showed how much you thought you knew them. Okay. Yeah. So they rank, they rank, fascinating. Oh my God. Like you read about, so they rank it and then you have to rank it and then you have and to see how many. Yeah. 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 So yeah fun. Fantastic. And I can't tell you how many times I was like, oh, Jason, like, I, you know, I would say this is a hundred percent him. And he'd be like, so wrong. And he would yep. do the same to me. And it was fun. It was fun because it surprises you and it keeps you learning about the other people in your life. And I have to say that is for me, one of the biggest, one of the biggest gifts of friendship is being able to keep that curiosity going with one another. Like, I think that's what keeps friendships interesting and engaging and just like the experience that they are for me personally. I love a curious friend and I like to be the curious friend. And so- Okay, but wait, so let, but let's go under the under with this a little bit though. And first of all, because if we're not, if we're not playing in the realm of curiosity, we dangerously slide into the realm of judgment. That's a, a really big thing, right? Staying in curiosity. So rather than saying, why would you do that? We say, why did you do that? Mm. Trying to understand, that's what curiosity does is it creates understanding. 
But um, why do you love a curious friend? Because I'm about to make an important point. If you, if, 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 if you answer what, what I think you might answer. I mean, right? what, how sound... does it make you feel when somebody is curious about you and they ask you questions about you? How does it make you feel? I think this is going to sound selfish, but I like to be seen and understood. Of, of you know, course, it's and not heard. selfish. It's what every human being on the planet wants. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. We want to feel like we matter. We want to feel loved. Curiosity is one of the ways that we show love because one of the greatest ways that we show love is to pay attention and to listen and to be present. And when you're in curiosity and you're truly drawn in and you're paying attention and you're present and you're asking, what about you? How did that feel for you? Why do you like this, right? Everybody will tell you on a first date, dudes, men, men, if, if you're on, listen up, listen up, not to, not to stereotype, ask questions and then fucking listen. And she will love that. People love to feel heard and seen and whatever. And you as a content creator, you already know this because that's what you're asking your clients to do all the time. You want your content to have like, like your, the people who read your content as a writer, we know, show me me. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to know that we matter. We want to know that we're not alone. That is how you put the the je ne sais quoi in your writing. Um, I feel like we just solved all the worlds. I like want to cry right now because that was it. Like curiosity is how you show love. And I just I just think we need to stop there because it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> um, why don't you share what you have going on that you're curious and excited yeah. about right now. Um, and also just like how to find and connect with you online. Cause I know you offer a lot of free resources for people as well. Like you're really good about that. Giving people a place, like if they're not into what you're into necessarily, they can mm -hmm. still be a part of your world. So share yeah. all the things. Yeah. So I guess I'll just start with the most basic, which is going to my website, which is Karen Kenny, K E N N E Y.com. And from there, you can find all the shenanigans and what I'm up to. Um, I also have a podcast, The Karen Kenny Show, which you can listen to wherever you find your favorite, uh, list, whatever your favorite listening platform is. Um, so I have a membership called The Nest, which is a spiritual membership and community, which is really fun and fantastic. And I also um, have one-to-one -one, uh, mentorship, and that's called The Quest. And in The Quest, I bring together... All kinds of stuff. So all the work that I do, whether it's somatics, like through yoga and breath work and stuff like that, um, but there's subconscious reprogramming, there's brain science, there's integrative hypnosis, and there's spiritual mentoring. And all of those things come together in the quest, my one-to-one -one program. And I also am bringing all of those elements and those tools and practices uh, to give people a sip, sip, as my friend Linda Ty would say, at the Own Your Magic retreat coming up in April. So that's a three-day experience happening um where they're going to get a taste of all of that stuff in new hampshire uh, right it's in new hampshire at the uh, mountain view grand resort and spa in whitefield it's going to be amazing i've held like nine retreats there i love it there i have a great relationship with that place and the people um and then i also have um an in-person thing so it's basically like the nest the quest the own your magic retreat and then the experience which is another way of working with me one-to-one. -one. It's a three-hour experience where you get to pick from the magic menu which modalities you want to experience. And whether that's yoga or gateless writing or integrative hypnosis or spiritual mentoring or yoga teacher mentoring or whatever. It's a really like go and pick something off the menu and we create your own quest and your own little adventure. And that's called the experience. So 
that's probably the, there's enough there. <laughs> there's, there's more. Um, but yeah. And then, so you can just follow me online at Karen Kenny live L I V E. That's on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, whatever. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> you you are easy to find and prolific. We learned in this episode. Um, I'll make sure. So in addition to the links, there'll be like a little kind of mini description under each thing so that people know what they're awesome. clicking as what they heard. They're like, Oh yeah, that was the one. Thank so you. Sweetheart. That'll all be in the show notes. And thanks so much. This was really fun. I'm really glad we did a redo because it's just like, it just was better than ever as we yeah. knew it would. Be. <laughs> well, this is yeah. One of our favorite topics. And you guys, honestly, you know, curiosity is one of the ways that you can show love to yourself too. So rather than saying, you know, what's wrong with me? Why do I keep doing right? Mm. Actually get curious, ask questions like, well, what happened to me? How am I feeling right now? Get curious about yourself too. And just show yourself a little more compassion rather than showing up in judgment, curiosity, curiosity, curiosity. Um, I just can't recommend it enough literally needed to hear that today because I just did that. So thank you so much. You're welcome, sweetheart. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.